We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 482 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Tuesday, January 10th, 2023, the day after the single greatest beatdown in any championship game ever. Seriously, for however long that you have been a sports fan, have you ever seen a blowout, a blasting, a thrashing? like what we saw in the college football playoff national championship game on Monday night. SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California was the site. Inglewood, always up to no good. Uh, Your final score, number one, Georgia, 65. Number three, TCU, seven. Yeah, 65-7 was the final largest margin of victory in a bowl game in college football history. Let me repeat that. Largest margin of victory in a bowl game in college football history. And this bowl game was the college football playoff national championship game. Uh, The 65 points are tied for the most points that a team has ever scored against an Associated Press top five opponent. Back-to-back national championships for Georgia. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Georgia on Monday night scored 65 points. The Commanders over their final four games this season scored 68 points. Uh, Let that sink in. But like Georgia's season, the Commander's season also is over. Uh, We on Monday had locker room cleanout day at the Commander's facility in Ashburn, Virginia. A number of players spoke with reporters, and coming up on the show, you will hear from a variety of Commander's players, including quarterback Sam Howell on potentially being the team's starting quarterback, tight end Logan Thomas on wanting the Commanders to re-sign quarterback Taylor Heineke, interior defensive lineman Deron Payne on wanting to get paid this offseason, edge defender Chase Young on his outlook for this offseason and more. Next segment, I want to have a conversation with you 
about our head coach, Ron Rivera. Uh, he still is the team's head coach. Uh, Black Monday has come and gone. Plenty of coaches got fired, but Ron, Don Ron, still is employed, and it does not seem as if he's going anywhere. Uh, the situation really is something when you think about it. You know, Ron should send his boss, our co-owner and co-CEO, Dan Snyder, a thank you card. A, for paying Ron tens of millions of dollars over the last few years, and B, for having the team up for sale and thus apparently insulating Ron from being fired. Uh, additionally, did Ron screw up in not starting Sam Howell sooner at quarterback? Was this yet another instance of Ron as Washington head coach misjudging the quarterback position? Uh, Sam was so good in the commander's season-ending 26-6 win over the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field on Sunday that he actually made Ron look bad. I'm going to get into that. Uh, also, I have a proper salute to the commander's defense for the very good season that the defense had. And I will talk Wizards. Uh, another loss for them, a 132-112 loss to the New Orleans Pelicans at Capital One Arena on Monday night. You know that the Wizards are on pace for a 34-win regular season. 34 wins. That's it. The damn Washington Wizards. Yes, thank you, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, you can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Fiddlin' Mike in Abingdon, Virginia on Sam Howell ultimately being the commander's starting quarterback in the season-ending win over the Cowboys. Writes Fiddlin' Mike, most fans thought that playing Sam Howell was an obvious choice and were surprised at Ron Rivera's initial decision to start Taylor Haneke and play Howell at some point in the game. Thankfully, Ron changed his mind, leaving some to question what sparked his decision to start Howell. I think that I have the answer. Someone reminded Ron that Sam Howell once played in Carolina. <laughs> Love the show. Thank you for that, Fiddlin' Mike. Well done. Email from Gerald with a defense of Ron Rivera as commander's head coach, writes Gerald, hi Al, from a very sunny day here on the coast of Spain. Uh, wow. You know, we on Monday show, episode 481, had an email from Dave in Israel. Uh, now we have an email from Gerald in Spain. Uh, continues Gerald, on Coach Rivera, I think that another year is most definitely called for. Year one, the guy had cancer, yet we still won the division, albeit a very weak one, but my late brother and stepdad both went through that. I'll give Ron a pass. Year two, the big C hit the world and derailed Ron's second year. Year three, we could have done a lot better, but to me, I think that the culture has really changed from previous years. I think that next year should be the year that makes or breaks his tenure. Uh, thank you, for the email, Gerald, well, if the sale of the Commanders ends up being completed after the NFL coaching cycle for this offseason is complete, uh, then yeah, next season absolutely will make or break Rod Rivera's tenure as Washington head coach. In fact, he might be the number one NFL head coach on a hot seat going into next season. Email from John Greaves III. AKA JG3. Uh, you know, I am actually Al Galdi the third, AG3. And if I'm not mistaken, we once had a Redskins quarterback named Robert Griffin the third. He was RG3. But anyway, writes JG3 
Regarding the commander's off-season plan, I recently resumed listening to your podcast after a hiatus, and I'm emailing to share my thoughts on our team's off-season priorities. We need to prioritize the offensive line the same way that we prioritized the defensive line. We have pro bowlers on the defensive line and a bunch of retreads on one-year contracts on the offensive line. I fully expect Rod Rivera to be fired after the 2023 season, so I don't want him picking a quarterback because that quarterback will likely not fit into whatever system that the next head coach chooses. On the other hand, no head coach would turn up his nose at high-level offensive linemen, and so I feel that Ron, along with hopefully John Matsko, should spend our draft capital on getting the highest quality center, left tackle, and guards that we can. I know that some people will say that we need to find another cornerback, but again, we've spent a lot of draft capital on the defense and not enough on quality players who protect the most important player on the team, the quarterback. In my opinion, we should re-sign Taylor Heineke to a long-term deal as a backup quarterback and promote Sam Howell to starting quarterback. If Sam doesn't work out, we can always go right back to Taylor and let the next coach and general manager select a quarterback who fits their coaching philosophy. Uh, Thank you for the email, John. Uh, There's no doubt that the commander's offensive line needs a lot of work. Uh, To me, it needs to be rebuilt. I do expect that to take place this offseason. As I have said, the commander's number one problem this season was their offensive line. That doesn't mean that the line was their only problem, but I really do believe that Washington would have made the playoffs this season had the team gotten the great offensive line play that the team got last season. Uh, I, like John, very much want the commanders to re-sign Taylor Heineke, but it may be that Taylor doesn't want to re-sign with the commanders. Uh, The market is going to dictate this. If another team overwhelms Taylor with an offer or an opportunity, then I could see Taylor signing with another team. Now, I don't expect another team to offer Taylor, you know, $25 million per year and a guaranteed spot as the team's QB1, but if another team wants Taylor as its placeholder starting quarterback while the team develops a young quarterback and offers Taylor, say, $10, $12, 15000000 million per season, uh, I certainly could see Taylor bolting the commanders because what I think is going to happen with the commanders is that they're going to acquire another quarterback of consequence. I would be surprised if that other quarterback is just some definite QB3. Like, I think that the quarterback is going to be a potential starter. And so I could see Taylor being reluctant to re-sign with the commanders when he might end up being their QB3. And as far as John's hiatus from the podcast, uh, well, John, welcome back. But the only hiatus that I ever want to hear about regarding this podcast is the hiatus app. Uh, Hiatus is a personal financial management app that allows you to take full control of your money. Hiatus creates a comprehensive view of your bills, utilities, and subscriptions. Hiatus monitors trends, watches for increases in your bills, and alerts you if any rate changes are coming. Uh, Also, you with Hiatus can gain access to hands-on money experts who can negotiate your bills down and provide you with financial advice. Yeah, this is great. And you with Hiatus can create custom budgets. Hiatus is terrific. Do yourself a favor, download the Hiatus app. You can do so right now from the App Store, from Google Play, or by going to hiatusapp.com. Hiatus, money saving made easy.
So our commanders in their 2022 regular season, of course, went 8-8-1. and uh, They did not make the playoffs, uh, nor was the team bad enough to get a top five pick in the supposedly quarterback-rich 2023 NFL draft. The team finished right in the middle, as in precisely in the middle. 8-8-1, uh, eight, eight and one, exactly 500. Despite the regular season being a 17-game regular season, a regular season in which each team played, or at least most teams played, an odd number of games, 17 as opposed to an even number of games. And further emphasizing the commanders finishing right in the middle is them having the number 16 pick in the 2023 draft. There are 32 teams in the NFL. (laughs) The commanders have the number 16 pick in the 2023 draft right in the middle. You have heard me say that the middle is a road to nowhere. Uh, Well, our commanders are precisely in the middle. The Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders have been mired in mediocrity for years now. Uh, From 2009 through 2014, the Skins had five double-digit loss regular seasons in six years. The team was just bad, uh, with the exception of the great 2012 season. Well, since that run, the team has finished within two games of 500 in six of eight regular seasons, 2015 through 2022. And one season in which the team did not finish within two games of 500, the team finished within three games of 500, uh, that being the 2021 regular season in which Washington went seven and 10. The team has been good enough to not be bad, but has not been good enough to be truly good. We all know what the two biggest obstacles to the team truly being good have been, ownership and quarterback. What I want to do this segment is discuss both of those things in relation to the commander's head coach, Rod Rivera. So Monday was Black Monday, the annual day after the end of the NFL regular season on which a number of coaches get fired. Uh, The Houston Texans on Sunday night fired Head coach Lovey Smith after just one season as Texans head coach. The Arizona Cardinals on Monday morning fired Cliff Kingsbury after four seasons as Cardinals head coach and announced that general manager Steve Keim is stepping down. Uh, Kingsbury being fired, by the way, comes off the Cardinals last March, having signed him to a contract extension through the 2027 season. Uh, That is what you call a big matzo ball for Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell, who, by the way, is a local. Uh, He went to my high school, Georgetown Prep High School in Rockville, Maryland. Also went to Catholic University Law School in Washington, D.C. But anyway, the point is, Monday was Black Monday, and yet we heard nary a peep, nary a whisper regarding Ron Rivera being in trouble. There has been basically nothing out there suggesting that Ron might get fired other than the obvious speculation of, hey, over three seasons as Washington head coach, he has yet to have a winning regular season, and hey, new ownership is coming, is Ron in trouble? But of course, it is that new ownership that is coming, or at the very least appears to be coming, that has Ron safe. Unless the sale of the team is completed by February at the latest, because the NFL coaching cycle takes place in January and February, I don't see Ron getting fired in the coming weeks, because if you are the head commander 
co-owner and co-CEO, Dan Snyder, and you are selling the Commanders. Uh, why would you go through the process of firing Ron and incurring the cost of paying off Ron and his staff and incurring the cost of paying a new head coach and his staff when you're about to sell the team? And even if Dan were to tack on the cost of firing Ron and his staff and hiring a new head coach and his staff to the sell price of the team, why, if you're Dan, would you want to take the time to start searching for a new head coach when you're about to sell the team? You know, Dan Snyder may well have checked out. He reportedly wasn't even at the commander season finale, the 26-6 win over the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field on Sunday despite him having attended most, if not every, Commander's game this season, uh, despite the game being against the arch-rival Cowboys, despite the game including the retiring of legendary Redskins quarterback Sonny Jurgensen's number nine. Additionally, why would any attractive potential next head coach of the Commanders want the job of head coach of the Commanders when ownership is about to change? If you are a rising, promising NFL head coaching candidate, why would you take a head coaching job with a team that's about to be sold? So unless Dan Snyder isn't selling the entirety of his ownership of the commanders, or unless the sale of the team is completed in what would be lightning quick fashion, it would seem that Ron Rivera is quite safe as commander's head coach. In a normal situation, with normal ownership and no sale of the team taking place, Ron Rivera probably would have already been fired. Not because he has been terrible at his job, but because he hasn't been good enough at his job. You know, firings in sports aren't always about being awful. Firings in sports can just be about not being good enough. Ron Rivera's record over three regular seasons as Washington head coach is 22-27-1. and It's not good enough. Not in an NFL in which quick turnarounds happen all of the time. Perhaps you have seen this. Five of the 10 NFL head coaches hired last offseason made the playoffs this season. Five. New York Giants head coach Brian Dable, Minnesota Vikings head coach and former Redskins offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell, Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach and former skin safety Todd Bowles, Miami Dolphins head coach and former <laughs> former Skins receivers coach Mike McDaniel. What is up with all of these Skins connections? And Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson. There's no such thing as a three to five year plan anymore, okay? Those days are done. NFL owners are swimming in money like never before. The television money in the NFL is insane. These owners no longer care about firing coaches who are under contract for years to come. Do you think that Michael Bidwell, with all of his money, is losing sleep over firing Cliff Kingsbury off having signed him to a contract extension through the 2027 season this past March? No way! So in a normal situation, with normal ownership and no sale of the team taking place, Ron Rivera probably would have already been fired. But as you may know, <laughs> as you may have picked up on, uh, the commander's situation, our team's situation, is not a normal situation. There are very few things that are normal about our team. Commander's insider Ben Standing of The Athletic on Monday morning reported that the expectation is that Ron Rivera and Dan Snyder will meet next week. I would think 
that that meeting is far more about Dan updating Ron on the sale of the team than that meeting is about whether Dan is firing Ron. I would think that that meeting is far more about Ron updating Dan on what should be next for the team from a football operations standpoint and why than that meeting is about whether Dan is firing Ron. Ron, in the strangest of ways, actually appears to be very safe. I also would think, by the way, that that meeting might be a meeting at which Ron gets the green light to fire offensive coordinator Scott Turner, if in fact that's what Ron wants to do. And as I talked about on Monday's show, episode 481, there are a lot of signs pointing in that direction. But Ron Rivera, despite having yet to have a winning regular season over three seasons as Washington head coach, despite being the head coach in a coach-centric approach that has resulted in continued quarterback turmoil, uh, despite being the head coach in an NFL in which so many other head coaches have gotten fired despite having done more than Ron has done with Washington, is quite safe. It's an unusual scenario, but Of course, with our team, the unusual is quite usual. Uh, We on Monday had locker room cleanout day for the commanders at their team facility in Ashburn, Virginia. This was receiver Terry McLaurin on Monday on the ownership uncertainty with the commanders. Yeah, it's definitely uncertain. There's a lot of things that can change, you know, outside of the norm of this attrition. And I think we all understand that in this locker room, being professionals. Um, but also, we also understand we don't control that aspect of it. And as a leader, I would just try to, if I had a message for the team, is control what you could control, which is going into the offseason, getting better at your craft, and making sure you're coming back a better version of yourself for this team if you're going to be on this team next year. And I think that's what we can control because no matter who's the, the owner or the coaches or things like that, we're the players and we have to go out and execute and win the games. You know what I mean? And um, ownership and coaching, um, you know, is a big part of what we do, but also we're the ones on the field executing and have to execute. And we had our opportunities to do that, and we didn't quite do that. Uh, No, you did not, although Terry McLaurin certainly did his part. Uh, We on Tuesday are set to have the season-ending press conference for Ron Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew. Going to be very interesting to hear what Ron and Martin have to say about quarterback, uh, the team In the coming weeks, we'll be releasing Carson Wentz. Of that, there is no doubt. Uh, Taylor Heineke is set to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. And we have Sam Howell, who did quite well in his NFL regular season debut in the win over the Cowboys on Sunday. I have to tell you, the more that I think about what Sam did on Sunday, (laughs) the more that I laugh at this idea that Sam was so not ready and was set to be so overwhelmed by playing in an NFL regular season game. I mean, if you didn't know any better, you would have thought that Sam Howell was the franchise quarterback and that Dak Prescott was the quarterback who was making his NFL regular season debut because Sam's performance blew away Dak's performance. There's no debating that. And yet, and yet... (laughs) Ron Rivera's initial decision last week was to not even start Sam for this game. Ron was going to start Taylor Heineke and then have Sam come into the game in a relief role. How funny does that now seem? How ridiculous does that now seem? It had been said throughout this season that Sam Howell was in a developmental season 
right? Fifth round pick in the 2022 NFL draft and that he wasn't ready to be an NFL starting quarterback. Well, maybe Rod Rivera and his staff deserve a lot of credit for doing a bang up job of developing Sam this season. Uh, But maybe Ron badly misjudged Sam and should have played him a lot sooner. Actually, both things can be true, but it is wild that the spark that Ron talked about wanting from going back to Carson Wentz as the team's starting quarterback for what ended up being his uh, not-so-good performance in the loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field in Week 17, that spark actually ended up being provided by Sam Howell in Week 18. Things have not gone well for Ron at the quarterback position during his tenure as Washington head coach. Was what happened here with Sam Howell yet another instance of Ron misjudging the quarterback position? And if so, uh, exactly how worried should we be that Ron this offseason once again is in the midst of a quarterback search? Now, in fairness to Ron and Martin Mayhew and executive vice president of football slash player personnel, Marty Herney, give him credit for taking Sam Howell in the fifth round of the 2022 draft. I mean, that was a great value pick. Also, give Ron and Martin and Marty credit for the trade down that now looks quite good. The commanders ultimately turned the number 11 pick in the 2022 draft into 2022 sixth round pick into receiver Jahan Dodson, running back Brian Robinson Jr., quarterback Sam Howell, and tight end Cole Turner. Not bad. Not bad at all. But geez, in a season in which Washington once again had quarterback problems, that the team was so afraid to play a guy who ended up doing very well in his NFL regular season debut when you consider that he was playing with a depleted supporting cast and was playing against a very good defense in that of the Cowboys. I mean, what does that say about this team's quarterback judgment? Uh, Here was some of Sam Howell with reporters on Monday. How are you viewing the offseason as you head into year two? Yeah, I'm just going to try to go to work and just try to become the best player I can be and try to come back here better than you know I'm going to leave it. Um, and so I'm just going to try to come back to as best as I can and try to get ready to go. Do you think about, am I the starter, am I not the starter? Is that crossing your mind at this point? Uh, I mean, obviously, things like that will cross your mind, but you know, I'm just going to try to control what I can control. I'm sure you know they have a lot of decisions that they, they need to make, and whatever the decisions are, I'll be ready to go. And they're going to get my best. Is this a more exciting offseason for you, knowing that you showed what you could do yesterday in coaching staff season now in the NFL, what you could do? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely good to, you know, get one game before the offseason under my belt, you know, just so I don't have to go into the offseason kind of not knowing, you know. So it was it was fun. You know, I'm just super grateful for, for the opportunity to go out there and, and play a game, uh, play the last game of the year before the season ends. Um, was, so definitely. Was there something you felt like you were able to really show last night? Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to show the team that, you know, I'm, I'm capable of, of getting the job done. Um, and I just want to go out there and fight and give it my all and lay it all out there and, and give my team a chance to win. Um, and we were, able to, we were able to do that last night. So I really just wanted to show that I really just wanted my teammates to be confident in me after that game. All right. One more thing on quarterback. I mentioned that Taylor Heineke is set to be an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Uh, Taylor, as you may know, is very close with tight end Logan Thomas. Uh, this was Logan on Monday with reporters on Taylor Heineke. You hope Taylor's back? 
Damn right I do, man. That's my dog. Uh, first off and foremost, my best friend, but uh, an incredible teammate uh, and a very good football player as well. What makes him such a good teammate? Because it's obviously something we've heard about uh, throughout his time here. I don't think I have to say it. I think y'all have been around here enough just to turn around and look and see and to see how he interacts with everybody, see how he gets along with people and just the, the smile that he brings to people's face. If you just watch him, watch the person that he's talking to and watch their face and you'll see how much they're smiling and laughing and um, I think that's a sign of, of who he is. Yeah, good stuff there from Logan Thomas on Taylor Heineke. Well, good friends, of course, are a big part of life. Uh, also, part of life, unfortunately, is dealing with the negligence of others. Uh, if you or someone who you care about has been injured or severely impacted by the negligence of someone else, know that the law firm of Polson and Nace is there for you. If you have a case, contact Polson and Nace. Paulson and Nace is a Washington, D.C.-based family law firm that handles medical malpractice, personal injury, birth injury, legal malpractice, and consumer protection cases offering aggressive advocacy for victims in Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Call 202-902-7611. And when you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace treats its clients with respect and dignity and wants what is best for the firm's clients. Paulson and Nace will treat you, your family, and your situation with the care and expertise that you deserve. And Paulson and Nace is excellent at what it does. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. Heck, this past July, Paulson and Nace won a case for which the United States government must pay nearly one point eight million dollars. This to a former American University field hockey player because of a military doctor's failure to diagnose and treat the student for a 2011 concussion that left her with permanent symptoms. Uh, You may have read about this. Paulson and Nace took on the U.S. government and won. Uh, If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel that you've been wronged, if you think that you've been wronged but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a a no-obligation appointment called 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. When you call, tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. You can also visit paulsonandnace.com. That's paulsonandnace.com. Don't forget to tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let the family of Paulson and Nace take care of your family. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Well, we at the commander's locker room clean out day at the team facility in Ashburn, Virginia on Monday. Did not have much in the way of actual news, but we did have a few things. Uh, the commanders on Monday afternoon announced the signings of nine players to what are called reserve slash future contracts. Uh, among those players, uh, quarterback Jake Brom, receiver Alex Erickson, edge defender William Bradley King, and Trap. Yeah, our guy, our homie, corner. Troy Apke. Uh, Troy Apke, since August, has been released and signed back by the Commanders three times. Uh, The Commanders this past Saturday elevated Apke from the practice squad to the active roster for the season-ending 26-6 win over the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field. Uh, Troy Apke and the Cockroaches will be the last living beings on earth after the Armageddon. Uh, Also, running back Antonio Gibson on Monday did open up a bit about his situation. So the commanders this past Thursday placed Gibson on the reserve injured list of him having been inactive for the commander's loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field in week 17 due to left foot and left knee ailments. Uh, Head coach Rod Rivera in a post-practice press conference on Friday afternoon revealed that Gibson on Thursday had undergone surgery to address a foot fracture. Uh, This was Gibson with reporters on Monday. How you feeling? I feel good. Um, surgery going well. Uh, foot feel fine. Uh, so let's take it day by day. What did the docs say about the rehab recovery process? Which is kind of the plan. I think uh, two weeks no pressure, three month recovery time. But you know that's all up in the air how my body reacts to it and you know how I go about rehab. So, but that's that's the time period he gave me. Last week, Ron said that you got you're playing through this foot fracture for like six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. One, how were you able to do that with the pain tolerance? And two, what went into the decision to finally undergo the procedure? Uh, I mean, just fighting through it. It wasn't enough pain to where, like, I can't go. Um, so I, I wanted to finish the season out. And, you know, if we had that run, you know, I would have fought through with my teammates. But uh, uh, I, had been, oh, I had a slight knee injury from 49, so that was just too much on my left leg. So um, I had to call it a little quits. And then, you know, I was trying to rehab that. But, unfortunately, you know, we didn't win against the Browns. So I tried to get on top of it as soon as possible so I can get back to my offseason rehabbing and uh, be ready for next year. Yeah, Antonio Gibson over his three NFL seasons has not missed many games, but he has been banged up a lot. Uh, Gibson in his 2020 rookie regular season played in 14 of Washington's 16 games. He in December 2020 missed two consecutive games due to a turf toe injury. Uh, Gibson in the 2021 regular season played in 16 of Washington's 17 games. The only game that he missed was due to being on the reserve COVID-19 list. But Gibson, during that 2021 regular season, dealt with a shit injury, a rib injury, 
and a toe injury. And Gibson, in the 2022 regular season, played in 15 of the Commander's 17 games, but we now have him having undergone surgery for a left foot fracture while also dealing with a left knee issue. Uh, Meantime, the final stats for the NFL's 2022 regular season are in, and Washington's defense, quantifiably and certifiably, uh, had a terrific bounce-back season. Uh, Nobody feels great about the Commanders going just 8-8-1 in the 2022 regular season and missing the playoffs. But it is okay to feel good about certain things with the team. Uh, You are not a fanboy. You are not a sap. You are not a mark if you actually feel good about certain things with the team. Uh, You are, in fact, an accurate observer, an astute observer of the team if you feel good about certain things with the team. Although I guess you would have to say, well, which things uh, do you feel good about with the team? But anyway, among the things to feel good about with the team is the defense. Uh, The commander's defense for the 2022 regular season had the following rankings. Number nine in the NFL in total defense per football outsiders DVOA metric. Number one in the NFL in third down defense. Number eight in the NFL in red zone defense, number seven in the NFL in fewest points allowed per game, number 11 in the NFL in fewest yards allowed per play, number six in the NFL in team sack percentage. Was the defense perfect? Of course not. Were there nits to pick? Absolutely. But the overall body of work from the 2022 commander's defense, so much better than the overall body of work from the 2021 Washington football team's defense. The 2022 commander's defense was playoff caliber. The 2022 commander's offense was not playoff caliber, and that's why the team missed the playoffs. But the 2022 commander's defense was playoff caliber. The defense did its part. So credit to the commander's defensive players, credit to defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio and his staff. All of these guys did really good jobs. I mean, how about the fact that the commanders for the 2022 regular season were number one in the NFL in third down defense? Number one. They held opposing teams to a third down efficiency of just 31.9%. Remember how bad Washington's third down defense was last season? I'll remind you of how bad Washington's third down defense was last season. Washington for the 2021 regular season was number 31 out of 32 NFL teams in third down defense, a putrid 48.5% from 48.5% last season to 31.9% this season. That is remarkable improvement. And one of the reasons for that improvement was interior defensive lineman Deron Payne. What a season Deron Payne ended up having. A monster 2022 regular season. Deron finished tied for fourth in the NFL in tackles for loss with 18. He finished with 11 and a half sacks, tying the great and unfortunately now late Dave Butts for the most sacks in a regular season by a Washington interior defensive lineman since sacks became an official stat beginning with the 1982 season. Uh, Dave Butts for the 1983 regular season had 11 and a half sacks. And oh yeah, this season was a contract season for Deron Payne. 
Uh, Duran, during the commander's locker room cleanout day on Monday, was wearing a neon green hoodie, uh, rather apropos given that he's about to make a whole lot of green. Uh, now, he, this offseason is set to be an unrestricted free agent. The commanders could slap him with a franchise or transition tag, but either way, he's going to get paid. And getting paid <laughs> appears to be top of mind for Duran Payne. Uh, take a listen to Duran with reporters on Monday. How do you approach the offseason? Like, what are the conversations you have with your agent, the team? Uh, you know, what do you go? What do you do from here? Oh, uh, my agent, he gets paid good. He's one of the best in the business, and he's gonna do his job. And I got faith in him. And uh, me, I'm just gonna relax and uh, get the training and, and come back. What, what do you want? What do you want? Oh, you know what I want, man. It's self-explanatory. You do, you do know. You, you're going to get paid this offseason, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. With a smile on your face. <laughs> I mean, it's like um, all the work that I put in, um, like over the years, just finally, finally came to flourishing for me, and uh, so it just gives me faith to go into this offseason and keep keep grinding like I've been grinding and come out here and do it again. Does it also give you a sense of comfortability, knowing that? I mean, it, it'll be it'll be good. I mean, I got drafted in the first round, so I already got a lot of cash. It'll just be, it'll be something nice for me. Does it matter where you play? You just want to get your value, right? Or or does it? Or are nah, you yeah, I just I just want what what I earn. I mean, I can't say too much right now, man. I'm just trying to feel me, get my stuff and get going. Yeah, so some blunt speak, some real talk from Deron Payne right there. He pretty clearly wants to get paid. And by the way, nothing wrong with that. Uh, he pretty clearly wants to be with the team that will pay him the most money. Uh, by the way, nothing wrong with that. The entire Deron Payne contract situation really has been something. I mean, as best as we can tell, the commander's last offseason never even offered Deron Payne a contract extension. Uh, they were content with letting him play out his contract this season. Uh, I believe that this approach had a lot to do with Duran having been an inconsistent player over his previous four NFL seasons. You know, nobody has ever doubted Duran Payne's talent, but he had not been a consistent impact performer. Uh, well, this season he was. Now, you're not wrong to wonder if this season he finally was a consistent impact performer because this was a contract season, and especially off hearing that cut that I just played for you with him not being shy about talking about getting paid, uh, if perhaps once Duran is paid, he will regress to being inconsistent. But I would point out two things about Duran Payne that need to be kept in mind. Uh, number one, he has been remarkably durable. Uh, Duran, over his five NFL regular seasons, has played in 81 of a possible 82 games. Where teams in sports so often go wrong with big money contracts is giving them to guys who can't stay healthy. Well, Duran Payne has been a pillar of durability and for half of a decade now. Number two, this season was just Duran Payne's age 25 season. He still is very young, paying him big money 
would not be doing the thing that so often gets so many teams across all sports in trouble, and that is paying a guy big money in his 30s for what he did in his 20s. Uh, Paying Duran would be paying a guy in his 20s for what you expect him to continue to do in his 20s. And going back to the inconsistency over his first four NFL seasons, perhaps that was a function of some immaturity. I mean, Duran Payne was just 20 years old when the Redskins took him with the number 13 pick in the 2018 NFL draft. That was it, just 20 years old. Uh, What about edge defender Chase Young? Uh, Chase, in the 26-6 win over the Dallas Cowboys at FedEx Field on Sunday, played on 70% of the commander's defensive snaps. So he ended up playing a good bid over the team's final three games. Uh, This was mostly a lost season for Chase off the badly torn right knee that he suffered in the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field on November 14th, 2021. But at least he was able to play in three games, and was able to play decently well. Chase, in the loss at the San Francisco 49ers in Week 16, played on 30 of the Commanders' defensive snaps, a lot more than the 12 to 16 defensive snaps that he had been expected to play, and he, for the game, was the highest-graded Commanders player per pro football focus, registering an overall grade of 87.4. PFF grades are on a scale of 0 to 100. Uh, Chase, in the loss to the Cleveland Browns at FedEx Field in Week 17, played on 67% of the Commanders' defensive snaps, and he, for that game, was the Commanders' second-highest-graded player per PFF, overall grade of 73.8. This was Chase Young with reporters on Monday. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited for what's to come. Um, I'm excited that I don't have to rehab my knee (laughs) this offseason. I can just get strong and love come back explosive and come back on that time. Yeah, no doubt. Major positive for Chase Young that he this offseason can focus on strengthening his body and improving himself as a player as opposed to having to focus on rehabbing his right knee. And keep in mind that the commanders do have a contractual decision to make regarding Chase Young, uh, the fifth year option in his rookie contract. Uh, The fifth year option is for the 2024 season, not the 2023 season. Chase already is under contract for next season. I would be surprised if the commanders did not exercise that fifth-year option, especially uh, with Chase having shown some good things over the team's final three games. But clearly, he has a lot of work to do to validate having been taken with the number two pick in the 2020 NFL draft. We are three seasons into Chase Young's NFL career, and he has had one good season, his 2020 rookie season, which was a really good season, right? He was the Associated Press Defensive Rookie of the Year. Well, a guy who is 2020 Chase Young caliber in terms of real estate agents is Kellen Hunt. And that's because Kellen Hunt can help you take advantage of the current Washington, D.C. area real estate market. Uh, The current market offers great opportunity. Yes, mortgage rates have gone up, but that has led to an increase in housing inventory. And that increase is driving down prices. You right now can get really good homes in the Washington, D.C. area at bargain prices. And remember, you can always refinance once the mortgage rates come back down, and they will come back down. And so if you or someone who you know is interested in buying a home in the Washington, D.C. area, contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit closeitwithkel.com. 
That's closeitwithkell, K-E-L-L dot com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt has his finger on the pulse of developments all around the D.C. area. He is a DMV native. He lives and breathes the culture. He has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to local neighborhoods and economical development and schools and market conditions and all that makes the Washington, D.C. area unique. And Kellen Hunt closes deals. He wins. He is here for you to listen to what you want and then get you what you want. No matter your age, family situation, or financial situation, Kellen Hunt can help you. He is a real estate agent for real people, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Who doesn't want some extra money right now? Give it inflation. Kellen Hunt knows what buyers like you are facing, and he wants to help. So visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. See what Kellen Hunt can do for you by booking an introductory call with Kellen Hunt at CloseItWithKell.com. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kell. Visit CloseItWithKell.com and tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Well, we have reached the halfway mark of the Wizards 2022-2023 regular season. 41 games down, 41 games to go, and the Wizards, uh, they are just 17 and 24. That's it. 17 and 24. Uh, the Wizards this past July gave Bradley Beal a five-year, $251 million Supermax contract, the richest contract in Washington, D.C. sports history. Uh, the Wizards have other good players, guys like Kyle Kuzma and Chris Dapps Porzingis, but the Wizards are just 17 and 24. They are on pace for a 34 win regular season. Uh, that is woeful. The Wizards on Monday night lost their third consecutive game, a 132 112 loss to the New Orleans Pelicans. It, Capital One Arena. Uh, Bradley Beal did not play in the game. He has not played in a lot of games this season. Uh, Beal on Monday night did not play for a second consecutive game due to a low-grade left hamstring strain. Uh, also, Daniel Gafford left the game in the fourth quarter due to a sprained right ankle. But the Pelicans were without two of their best players in Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram due to injury. And yet, the Wizards got stomped. Uh, they lost by 20 points. Uh, the Wizards trailed for the entire second half. Uh, the Wizards' defense was horrible. <laughs> I mean, it just was. The Wizards allowed the Pelicans to score 132 points, allowed the Pelicans to score 74 points in the paint. The Pelicans went 37 of 58 in the paint. Uh, the Wizards allowed the Pelicans to go 10 of 26 on threes. Uh, the Wizards got shredded by C.J. McCollum. You know, the Pelicans were without Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, but did have C.J. McCollum, and he was great. 30 minutes, 42 seconds as a starter, 4 of 8 on threes, 8 of 13 on twos, 6 of 6 on free throws. He finished with 34 points, 5 rebounds, 
and two steals. And then there were the turnovers. Uh, the Wizards on Monday night shot well, but committed way too many turnovers. Uh, the Wizards went 14-34 on threes, 28-48 on twos, but committed 20 turnovers to the Pelicans' 10. The Pelicans finished with 39 points off turnovers to the Wizards' 9. Uh, this was Wizards head coach Wes Unsell Jr. during his post-game press conference on Monday night. The turnovers, you know, 39 points off turnovers, It's that's tough to overcome. A lot of them I thought were just careless, um, just, um, you know, unforced. I thought the vast majority were unforced. Um, it wasn't necessarily offense. You know, you shoot 50-plus from the field, um, made enough threes. Um, I just thought didn't get our defense into the game early enough beyond that first probably four and a half minutes. Um, then they start playing with a, le- a level of comfort. Yeah, the Pelicans on Monday night got plenty comfy. Uh, rough game for Kyle Kuzma. He played for just 23 minutes, six seconds as a starter. That was it, 23.06 of playing time. Now, he did go three of eight on threes, three of five on twos, and four of four on free throws. Finished with 19 points, eight rebounds, and two assists. That's pretty good production for 23.06 of playing time. But Kuzma also had a plus-minus rating of minus 15. He committed a technical foul. He fouled out of the game. That's why he played for just 23.06. And he committed five turnovers. Five turnovers in just 23 minutes, six seconds of playing time. Kyle Kuzma now, over his last five games, has committed 26 turnovers. Way too many turnovers. Uh, Second straight bad game for Rui Hachimura. Uh, He, in 27 minutes, 29 seconds off the bench, went one of three on threes and just three of nine on twos, had a game-worst plus-minus rating of minus 22. Uh, Chris Dabbs Porzingis was pretty good, 33 minutes, 58 seconds as a starter. He went three of five on threes, five of 11 on twos, and four of four on free throws. He finished with 23 points and 10 rebounds, including three offensive boards. And Corey Kispert had a good shooting game, 33 minutes, 53 seconds as a starter. He went 5 of 10 on threes, 0 of 2 on twos, 2 of 2 on free throws. He finished with 17 points and five rebounds, but he also had one assist versus three turnovers. Uh, Things are not going well for the Wizards right now. This season, overall, not going well for our Wizards. Uh, Next up for the Wiz, home to the Chicago Bulls, Wednesday night at 7. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 483, will be a big show. Uh, we on Tuesday are expecting the season-ending press conference of Commander's head coach Rod Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew. This is an annual state of the team type press conference. Expect a lot of ground to be covered. Expect a lot of things to be said and expect in-depth coverage on Wednesday's installment of this podcast. Uh, Also, on Wednesday's show, we'll talk college basketball. Georgetown is home to Seton Hall Tuesday night at 8.30. Virginia is home to North Carolina Tuesday night at 9. By the way, the Cavaliers are the number 13 team in the Associated Press Top 25 poll that came out on Monday, down two spots from last week. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. What, what do you want? What do you want? Oh, you know what I want, man. It's self-explanatory. 
You do you do know you, you're gonna get paid this offseason, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. With a smile on your face. <laughs>